Welcome to Family History, Genealogy Made Easy. I'm your host, Lisa Louise Cook. You probably have a lot of curiosity about your family history, but not a lot of time. And that's why I created this podcast. In each episode, I'm going to give you the tools that you need to uncover your family tree in quick and easy ways. Now, after listening to past episodes of this podcast where we talked about family history blogs, I hope that you've not only started reading blogs, but that you've also tried your hand at genealogy blogging. It's a great way to share your findings and connect with other researchers and distant cousins that you didn't even know that you had. Well, in today's episode, I'm going to share some of the family history blogs that you, the listeners, have created. I'm hoping that you will not only be inspired to blog if you haven't started already by seeing what others are doing, but that you will also take note of the blogs that sound interesting and perhaps are relative to your own family history research. Being a community gives genealogists strength and inspiration, and today's episode is all about our community. Get your notepads out and get ready to jot down some terrific new genealogy blogs. I asked you folks to email me if you decided to start family history blogging so that we could feature your blogs here on the show. Well, happily, many of you started blogging and sent me emails telling me about your experiences. It's been so much fun to hear about the connections your blogging has generated and the personal satisfaction that they give you. Well, first off, we have Nancy Formazen, whose blog Formazen Family features lots of wonderful old family photos, heartwarming family stories, and her beautiful scrapbooking projects. You can find her blog at nancynurse1.blogspot.com. My favorite post on her blog is called Robert F. Formazen, Dad, Opa, Grandpa, Great Grandpa. It's the touching story of her dad and a very special trip that he had planned. Nancy has a wonderful writing style that catches the details of life while really weaving in a great story. I know that you're really going to enjoy reading it. And as blogger the footnote maven said, be sure and leave comments if you enjoy it too. Again, that's at nancynurse1.blogspot.com. Now, premium member Kay Hayden wrote in about her blog as well. And she says, Lisa, I'm so pleased about the blog information and videos on the Family History Podcast. I subscribe to all three, Family History, Genealogy Gems, and I'm a premium subscriber. I tentatively started a blog a month or so ago and am progressing slowly. Your videos are helping me to understand what I've undertaken and didn't come a minute too soon. I'm trying to keep it simple in terms of gadgets and widgets. Sometimes I make some changes to the layout or settings almost every time I post. At least I'm learning. Trial and error is a wonderful tool. Here's the address if you'd like to take a peek. I'm sure there's much more I could add in the way of design, but at least I've begun. Well, I wholeheartedly agree that beginning is the most important step that you can take. You can find Kay's blog at moreleaves.blogspot.com. 
and after I had a chance to take a look at it, I heard from Kay again. She followed up after episode 42 was published to say, Just wanted to let you know that I've enjoyed the hints on using blogs on the Family History Podcast and have been able to incorporate so many of your suggestions. I know that I had sent the link previously and you looked and replied, but I've made some changes since then with your help and I think for the better. Thanks so much for all the wonderful tips and gems to help those of us bitten by the genie bug. Well, head to Kay's blog, again called Leaves of the Tree, where you'll find a great example of posting your research with lots of keywords, names, and dates, all of which have the potential to be picked up in Google searches by other genealogists who may be researching the same family lines. You know, writing up your brick walls and and family groups like this is also a great way to sort of summarize in your mind where you are in your research, um, which oftentimes, of course, generates new leads. Well, great work, Kay. And then I got the following email from listener Lisa Listen. She says, I discovered your Genealogy Gems podcast this summer and have thoroughly enjoyed listening to your shows. I have gained many new tips and insights into my research. I particularly enjoyed your recent episodes on blogging. I started blogging recently and have discovered what fun it is to share my family history and research online. Thanks for your podcast. Well, Lisa's blog is called Are You My Cousin? I just love that name. (laughs) She's very clear on the purpose of her family history blog, isn't she? Well, you can find her blog at areyoumycousin-lisa.blogspot.com. Lisa lives in North Carolina and is researching the families of Howard, Maddox, Talbot, Richardson, Elliott, and White all of which are primarily North Carolina and Virginia families. Well, one of my favorite posts on Lisa's blog is called A Modern Day Mystery. Lisa put her genealogical sleuthing skills to the test, and regardless of the outcome, she certainly got a good workout. (laughs) The post is dated August 17th, and I will have a link directly to it in the show notes for this episode. Other great features of Lisa's blog is her RSS feed button, which allows her readers to choose how they want to receive her updates. And she's added a Google search box so that visitors to her blog can search on keywords of their choice to find articles that might interest them. Lisa also makes really good use of photos and genealogical data for search engines. I have no doubt that she's going to find some cousins out there on the web. And Michelle Colby messaged me on Facebook to say that she had listened to the first episode about family history blogging, and she writes, can't wait for the next lessons. I probably jumped the gun by by posting already. My blog address is colbygenealogy at blogspot.com. That's K-O-L-B-E genealogy dot blogspot.com. While Michelle's blog focuses quite a bit on the specific family lines and records that she's working on, she does toss in anecdotes here and there, and I really enjoyed a quick little one that she posted last Friday. It's called My Son's Family History Interest. Michelle wrote on her blog, Recently, my son and I were flying home from attending a memorial service for a family member who unexpectedly passed away at a fairly young age. Midway home, He asked me a question that somewhat surprised me. Mom, do you know when other people in our family died and what they died from? 
The reason this surprised me is because I've researched and recorded our family history near all of my son's life. This taught me that while we assume other people know we are family historians, they probably don't know we are. I also realized at that point that our children are generally not interested in family history until they are adults and or close family members die. That's so true, isn't it? You know, I've been experiencing a bit of that myself with my own grown kids. Um, Both Vienna and Lacey have been helping me out a lot lately with Genealogy Gems, and they've been showing not only an interest in the family history, but kind of a newfound understanding of what their mom has been up to all of these years. (laughs) So that's a great post, Michelle. Thanks. And uh, listener Sean Lamb wrote in to say, Your advice and tips on writing a family history blog got me to jump in there, too, even though I've already got another website to publish. I just listened to the latest family history podcast today, and you asked for links to all the genealogy blogs that are created by listeners. So here's mine. It's called Finding the Flock. It's at findingtheflock.blogspot.com. I started with a few of our family legends that I've heard over the years, and some interesting research results that I've come across. One of the first stories that I wrote for the blog is one that uses Blogger Scheduler, so it will appear on Halloween. It's a true story from my research that involves a place that came to be known as the Haunted House. Hmm. Well, Sean, we will definitely look forward to reading that on Halloween. And I was surprised to find the Genealogy Gems podcast mentioned in your post on October 12th of 2009. Uh, Sean writes about how genealogy is one of his hobbies, and it got him to thinking about all the other hobbies that he has, and then he realized that he knew very little um, of his ancestors' hobbies. He writes, I realized then that the only hobbies that I could positively state were those of my immediate family members who are still living. So now I'm wondering, where can I find information on what all our relatives' hobbies were? What did they do for fun? I can guarantee now that I'll be paying more attention to the heirlooms and the details between the dates and places to see if there are any further clues. The clues are there. I just have to retune my brain to see them so I can better interpret them. And Sean got a comment um, from one of his blog readers who made a really good point about this whole subject. They write, hobbies are a fairly modern invention due to having free time. With machines to speed up laundry, travel, repairs, maintenance, etc., we have time for pleasurable activities. Uh, I imagine that's very true, but, you know, in thinking back, I know that as hard as they worked, my grandparents made time for hobbies. Uh, My grandfather was an avid fly fisherman, never missed a Western on TV, and uh, my grandma did theater in high school And she explored a lot of different arts, such as sewing, crocheting, painting, decoupage. Oh my gosh, that sounds like me. (laughs) You know, I love reading blogs because they get me thinking about all kinds of new aspects of my family. And I think you'll find the same thing. Gus Marsh in Huntington Beach, California, wrote in. He says he's been doing genealogy research for about 20 years, and he's a lifetime member of his local genealogy society. 
He also has produced a book and some DVDs about his family. And now, after listening to episode 42, he is now blogging. Head to his genealogy blog at gusmarsh.blogspot.com, and you will see that this medium of blogging was made for him. (laughs) He includes lots of photographs. He transcribes old letters and documents. And I like that he keeps each of his posts fairly brief and focused. You know, it's easier for readers to digest genealogical data in smaller, more organized chunks. And my favorite post um, that I ran across on his website was dated September 18th, 2009. It's about an ancestor of his, William Marsh, who writes home during World War II on Christmas Day. It begins, Dear Mom, feeling a little homesick this morning and thought it might help if I write a letter or two home. It's only 9.30 a.m., but I've been listening to Christmas carols most of the morning. The ship picks up some radio stations on shortwave, and most all of them have a Christmas program of some sort. I just love reading old family letters. It doesn't matter whose family it is. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing this one with all of us, Gus. And premium member Graham Wilkie wrote to me from Australia to say that he is enjoying the Google Earth video series that I've been recently publishing as part of the Genealogy Gems premium membership. And he writes, at the time of your podcast on geographical research, I was deep into researching the Bell family in York, Western Australia, using most of the principles that you were talking about, but also picked up a few more tips. I have now published a document entitled Bell Family in York, 1897 to 1923. And after your podcasts on blogging, I set up a blog. It's bellyorkhistory.blogspot.com, which points to a copy of the document um, that he created. He says, I have not yet had any feedback on the blog. Uh, Maybe I need to revisit how I've set it up. I can't get enough of family history research. Two weeks ago, I bought a new HP mini notebook and set up a mobile broadband. Now I can research on the train to and from work each day. Although only 20 minutes each way, it is amazing how much you can achieve in that time. Anyway, I sent a printed copy of the document to my parents, who are now in their late 70s, uncles and aunties, brothers and sisters, along with an electronic copy on a CD. Many of these relatives are aged people who can only relate to something printed, so I really needed to accommodate them, especially as this is where additional information is likely to come from. I also, through my family tree on Ancestry.com, identified 14 people with connections to my tree and successfully connected with 10 of these, forwarding an electronic version of the document to them. I have received some feedback, but am expecting more over the next few months. I also joined the Western Australian Genealogical Society and registered several family names of interest. And just this week, out of the blue, a lady contacted me who has connections. I gave her a copy of my document, and she gave me some additional information, plus a photo of William Bell, my great-great-uncle, for whom I had no photograph. Now, that was a really great find. I also have a copy of my document in both printed and soft copy form with the York Historical Society so that anyone researching the Bell family via them in the future can benefit from my research and maybe contact me. Well, Graham, this sounds terrific. Gosh, you are 
covering all your bases there. And that's the way you got to do it, isn't it? Um, and Graham is using his blog as a way to, and just another one of those ways to get the word out to other researchers. Um, to increase traffic and response, Graham, you might try posting a few more articles just to generate more content for the search engines to pick up on. And um, you could also try posting a link to your blog on the Bell surname message board on RootsWeb. Uh, that might generate some more readers. And finally, congratulations on the connection that led to the photograph you, you got. That sounds fantastic. And finally, Terry Chafin wrote in to say, I love the Family History Made Easy series. At first, I was not even going to listen to the podcast about blogging because I was not interested at all. Then after listening, I decided to try to carve out a few minutes each day or so just to jot down very brief entries to chronicle my research process. I'm sure it will be of no interest to anyone but me. However, it may be very interesting someday to me at least. Thanks for all of your new ideas. Blog is terriesfamily.blog.com. That's T-E-R-I-S family.blog.com. Well, Terry has come a long way since she wrote uh, that email. Terry is a Genealogy Gems premium member, and she wrote in with a dilemma about her Matzdorf family. And since they were from Germany, I checked in with the Family History Library consultant, Bearable Johnson, who often speaks on the subject of German research at Family History Expos. We see her there all the time. And I wanted to see if she could help out. Well, sure enough, she did. <laughs> and I was able to share those results on a subsequent episode. In fact, Terry's most recent blog post is dated October 14th. And it's entitled, The Matzdorfs Are Found. <laughs> she writes, I received an amazing email from Lisa Louise Cook regarding my Matzdorf ancestors. She got information from Bearable Johnson on my Matzdorf's family. Sophia and her children left from Hamburg, Germany on 18 November 1874. Their last place of residence is listed as Stralsund. And Stralsund is a large city in western Pomerania with six Lutheran parishes. It would make sense that they lived in a city because Carl was a brick mason by trade. This is amazing to me, as my grandmother, Alma Matzdorf Groshoff, did not even know where her father came from. Well, Terry, Bearable and I were very, very glad to help. Uh, Bearable is a whiz with German research, and she's certainly been on the show before. She's terrific. And, you know, that is what it's all about, isn't it? The genealogy community stepping in and giving each other a helping hand. And, you know, a family history blog can be your way of reaching your hand out to that community. Well, You've had a chance to hear what some of your fellow listeners have been up to in terms of family history blogging. And coming up next, we're going to answer some questions and give you some more tips on your family history blogs. Would you like to boost your genealogy research and break through those brick walls? Well, here's your answer. Become a Genealogy Gems Premium Member. 
You'll get two extra members-only episodes every month packed with great tips that you can use right away and instructional videos walking you through the best internet tools step-by-step. In the current series called Google, a goldmine of genealogy gems, I'll show you how to get the most out of Google. If you enjoy the Genealogy Gems podcast, then you're going to love being a Genealogy Gems premium member. This is Tim Cox. I'm a premium member, and I have been for a while. just wanted to call and let you know that I really enjoyed being a premium member, and one of the perks I like about it is the videos. I learned how to build my own genealogy dashboard. The videos were called Google, a goldmine of genealogy gems, and because I made that dashboard, I'm able to monitor all the blogs and the websites that interest me, and I was able to create tabs So each tab has different topics, and just go to each one I want. This is like the best thing since sliced bread. So Lisa, thank you for what you're doing, and I really do enjoy your podcast. To become a premium member, go to my website at genealogygems.tv and click the Join Today button. And by entering the special coupon code SAVE20, that's S-A-V-E-2-0, you'll get 20% off the annual membership. Genealogy Gems Premium Membership. It's where you belong. Now that we've had a chance to kind of take a look at some of a variety of the blogs that are out there, um, I want to answer some of your questions that have come up about blogging. Um, The first one I have here is from Teresa. She writes, I've been listening to your podcast, Family History Genealogy Made Easy. I've learned a great deal, and it's really helpful to focus on one topic each podcast. Thanks. Now that I am caught up, I decided to follow your advice and look into blogs. A couple of quick questions that I have, and perhaps others do as well. Number one, I do use Google and iGoogle. Thanks for all the great tips. Yo, you're welcome. (laughs) And so set up my blog in draft with Blogger, hosted by blogspot.com. When I write up my posts, there does not appear to be any spell check in the program. Am I missing something? I write my post in compose mode since I'm unfamiliar with HTML, but I'm wondering how I can use spell check in the program. It would be helpful if you could discuss how your blog is set up from the standpoint of writing and editing. Number two, when I want to reference a website, how do I insert the name of the site as a link without typing out the URL? I see other blogs reference links, and the URL address is somehow encoded there in the, in the words of the link. I have searched but can't seem to find the answer. It certainly makes for cleaner reading if the site is a link rather than the typed out URL. And number three, perhaps another podcast answering listener questions and or highlighting blogs we have set up in response to your encouragements to set up a genealogy blog. Many thanks for such great podcasts and helpful hints. Well, Teresa, thank you. It's very kind of you to say that. I'm loving doing this, and I'm really glad that you're getting so much out of it. It It's funny, your third item was to get the word out, share other people's blogs. That's exactly what we're doing. So I hope you are enjoying this episode. Um, Regarding spell checker, yes, Blogger has a spell check. Uh, When you're in compose mode, there are buttons across the top of the compose box. You'll see font, 
bold, etc. Well, there you're going to find an icon. It says A, B, C, and that's the spell checker. You just click that and it will run the spell check for you while you're in compose mode. And regarding links, absolutely, I agree. It gets really messy and kind of clogged up when you have to type out these really long links. Uh, besides the fact that it's so easy to do a typo and then the link doesn't work properly. So um, the best way is to highlight the text, the name of, let's say, the website that you want to send people to. And then again, in Compose mode, you're going to find along the top of that box where we saw font and bold and ABC, you'll see a little button and it looks like the link of a chain. So you just click that and that's going to pop up a window where you can type in the exact URL address that you want folks to go to. And it needs to be the complete address. Um, I always include the HTTP colon slash slash the whole nine yards. It might just work with www, but um, just to be safe, it's really nice to have the entire link. In fact, uh, I always recommend go to the website or the page, whatever it is that you want to link to. Click on the URL address at the top of your browser and do control C to copy it. And then go into your other window where you're working in Blogger. And when you click that little link icon, then you can just click in the window that pops up and do control V like Victor for paste. And you'll have it exactly right with no typos, no nothing. And it'll be nice and clean for your readers. So those are great questions and uh, will make for better content on your family history blogs. And finally, I have a question from Terry about uh, family history blogs. She says, I can't figure out what I'm doing wrong. I set my blog as available to all. However, when I try to do a search for it, even the exact name of the blog, it doesn't come up. Any ideas? And her blog is terrysfamily.blog.com. Well, Terry, there is a couple of ways to get on the search engines. Basically, the fact that you're not coming up, let's say, in a Google search is because uh, they have not yet crawled your blog, (laughs) which just means that Google's out there every day combing through the internet and grabbing web pages and indexing them, and they just may not have gotten to yours yet since it's fairly new. But there is a way around that. Uh, You can go to google.com slash add URL, which is A-D-D-U-R-L. And there you can actually send your blog address to Google, and that will get it indexed much quicker. Also, again, just making sure that you're getting um, several new blog posts up so that there's content there for Google to find and uh, including specific words that you want people to that who are searching on those words to find your blog. You want to make sure you're including those in your blog and that should increase your traffic. When I was growing up, Christmas was a time that my grandparents came to visit. My mom was always baking, and because I was the youngest, I would get to put the star on top of the tree. And now as a mom and a soon-to-be grandma, I love shopping for the perfect presents for my family. Online shopping makes that task so much easier because we literally have the world at our computer. This year, you can get your shopping done, have the gifts delivered to your door, and support this free genealogy podcast all at the same time. If you enjoy these free shows and you'd like to help me cover the costs of bringing them to you each week, there's a really easy way that you can do that that won't cost you a thing. Here's how it works. 
Let's say that you need to get something at Amazon.com, one of my favorite places to shop. Go to my website at genealogygems.tv and click the Amazon link or use the Amazon search box. And no matter what you buy, you financially support the show. The price you pay is exactly the same, but Genealogy Gems receives a small percentage for referring you. It's just that simple. And if you're going to be loading up your iPod or the iPod of someone you love this Christmas, just click any iTunes link on my website. And again, your purchases will help make this podcast possible at no additional charge to you. So if you enjoy the Genealogy Gems podcast and family history, genealogy made easy. Let your mouse do the shopping through the ads and links on the Genealogy Gems website at genealogygems.tv. And together, we'll keep new episodes coming for a long, long time. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. You'll find the show notes for this episode, which include all the links I've talked about at my website, genealogygems.com. And there you'll also discover a lot more tips and tools for finding your family history in my podcasts, the blog posts, books, and videos. Become a Genealogy Gems premium member, and you're also going to get access to exclusive content like my full-length video classes and the premium podcast episodes. We have a new one of those coming out every month. Now, if you have any questions about this episode, or if you'd like to share your experiences on how the podcast has impacted your own family history journey, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at genealogygemspodcast at gmail.com or leave a voicemail at 925-272-4021 and we might just play it here on the show. Thanks so much for listening, friend. I'll talk to you soon.